0: Forbes loses all credibility after this watch article, Chrono24 lays off a big portion of its staff, and Brad Pitt rocks a brand new, beautiful watch. On today's episode. You're listening to the Gray Market Podcast, your daily source of watch and horology news brought to you by the experts at Luxury Bazaar. Good morning. Today is Monday, February 6, 2023. With me today, I have David Hatton or Hatton Schwiller or... SwissDave.lb. Swiss um, David is actually one of the challenge winners from our last episode of Gray Market. He uh, got to join the team, and he's doing extremely well. Good morning, Dave. How are you?
1: Doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on your set. Honestly, I love what you've done with the place. feels like... Uh I don't know. We're we're in a big time, right?
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, you would think a couple of like IKEA plants, and suddenly we're we're big time.
1: Well, we already had a lot of these accoutrements yes. uh, from uh, former Rolex's pension for collecting uh, so uh, art,
0: but <laughs> just I, I get a lot of comments about where this is from. This is a company called Birdvey. Is that anybody familiar? Like exactly the spelling? I tried to look it up. It's like <laughs> Birdve, Birdvei. I'm not really sure. But try to find out, I will get the details and I'll, I'll mention them in the description of this video.
1: Honestly, I have really fond memories of looking at this thing when we came in for our gray market challenge day because it was sitting downstairs yeah. and a lot of the guys were thinking, we were, we were kind of uh, guessing on how much it cost and uh, over under and uh, yeah, surprisingly, It's a fine art piece, and... I wonder
0: how much it does cost.
1: I think it was around, like, the $5,000 range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, probably want to push it in a little closer to the (laughs) the edge of
0: the desk. I didn't think it was that much, but, I mean, I can see why. A lot of time goes into it. (laughs) All right, let's get into today's topics now. The first topic that I wanted to talk about, and the reason I introduced it as Forbes loses all credibility after this watch article, is because Forbes put out an article claiming that Philip Klein's watch industry gamble paid off and again paid off I'm putting in quotation marks because Philip Klein and watch should not go together no do you know who Philip Klein is
1: yeah of course Philip Klein is uh, he's kind of like the pariah of the fashion world me coming from Gucci and and uh, you know Dealing with all of these like Italian luxury brands, Philip Klein was kind of a, a source object because you know a lot of our clientele would get drawn to I guess some of our 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 newer clientele would get drawn to, Phil, uh, to Philip Klein because he was kind of filling this void or vacuum that was left with you know Ed Hardy and all yeah. these other rhinestone brands that uh, that uh, you know kind of went out of style. so. Yeah, Filipline, I know him. And I think that article is interesting, the way that they phrased it. it. paid off because, I mean, it could be an ad. You know, it could be an ad. That, it does that, seem like that, it. does that, seem like the it. The thing
0: was, there wasn't anything that this is sponsored, this mm-hmm. is paid for. Um, now, Filipline is not only a sore subject in, you know, the fashion world. He's also a source subject in the watch world. Mm-hmm. The reason being is because his watches, you know, and, and I'm going to get into it, but his watches are just... Replicas. That's really what they are. They're replicas with his brand on it rather than the original brand. Sure, he does a little bit of a twist to make it so it's not exactly like. Now, we will get into detail you know, discussing why they're replicas. First, I want to go into some of the, the details from the article. Philip Line presented his newest line in Luxury timepieces during the past, uh, Paris Fashion Week. Um, he claims that he studied the market, noting that while fashion watches retail from approximately $150 to $350, Entry-level Swiss watches, Tag Heuer, for example, started around fifteen hundred. So he is
1: filling the gap. Do you think there's? Any, do you think he's filling any gap? No, no, not at all. I was I was on his website. I looked at some of these pieces, and you know they're at around one thousand to one thousand five hundred dollars range, and. You know, this goes back to, you know, uh, the kind of the controversy with the Brickwatch. You know, why why do these products exist? For who? You know, whereas yeah. you can take that money and you can get a great pre-owned TAG or, or Omega even uh, if you want to stretch your budget a bit and you're able to get a. You know, quality watch. Whereas these watches, they'll lose all of their value. Like what uh, Roman said, they're shit watches.
0: They are shit watches. (laughs) So the gap that I think he is filling is replicas (laughs) of actual watches. You know, by Richard Mille, Patek Philippe, and (laughs) Audemars Piguet. I'm actually going to have Ian pull up pictures of these watches. Um, And I know you can't see them, but you have actually. You know what? Here, I'm going to show it to you so that you are familiar with what i'm talking about i want you to tell me exactly what models you know what watches oh. we're looking at here
1: wow wow so okay so the one on the left is like wow that's that's like a really really bad interpretation or vision of a, an rm11 with I, I i don't know what's going on there it's a uh, rainbow dial it's a rainbow dial it, it really is a hodgepodge of everything that's you know, in French we say mauvais goût, which means bad taste, right? Mm-hmm. So when this is, you know, when you have the rainbow dial executed on an AP or on a Rolex Daytona, it's untasteful, you know, because it's it's even though it's opulent, it's showing restraint. This is just a... It's it's really like it was generated by AI.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like let me take the best things about watches today. Yeah. So pulled. Okay, rainbow dial is very mm-hmm. big right now. Let's pop that in there. A skull. Let's do that. Everybody loves skulls. Mm-hmm. You know, Richard Mille is you know hottest brand right now. Let's combine mm-hmm. all those things tell me about the middle one that
1: middle one is it looks like they they ran out of money for the rest of the screws on that bezel cuz it's like a, it's a royal oak
0: it's and a, it's a philippine brick brick yeah it's <laughs> a
1: philippine brick but without with four squares uh, with four screws i don't really like that it doesn't the something with the symmetry is is weird the bracelet Okay, kind of, kind of is uh, staying true to the homage, but you know, from the late, from the bracelet onwards, it, I'm totally lost. I'm totally lost.
0: And uh, one all the way to the right.
1: One all the way to the right. That's really like a between like a, a aquanaut and like a uh, a Piaget Polo. You know, something so. very strange, maybe with like an artisans de Genève, uh, you know, ethos to it. But it's 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 very odd. You know, it I,
0: seems like he just. Ripped off the aquanaut design mm-hmm.
1: and and I, what's what's strange is that I wonder where these watches are built actually i don't, I wasn't able to to find that out because I know philipline. His uh, company is based in Lugano, right? right? So a lot of these fashion houses are going to be based in Lugano. So about, you know, about an hour and a half from uh, Milan, because they have, you know, they're relatively close to, you know, Milan, the fashion mecca of the world, and they also benefit from low Swiss taxes. So you have, um, you know, Gucci, you have uh, all kinds, Balì, all kinds of different brands that are located there. So I wonder if his watches are made in Switzerland.
0: <laughs> I mean, so they do look like they are mechanical. They don't look like they're quartz watches. Um, but, and again, this is personal opinion. If you own a Philippine watch, I, no disrespect. You know, this is just not our scene as, you know, watch retailers. We, um, we're not huge fans of fashion watches. Especially when they're replicas of existing ones. If you if you want to be creative mm. and create, like let's say today, if today you were going to create your own fashion watch, mm. I assume you wouldn't just go you know out and rip off an mm. existing look or an existing design. Mm. You know this is what he did.
1: Yeah, this is definitely a bastardized design. Uh, it's not It's not at all coherent, cohesive, and it doesn't stay true to any homage that they're doing. But uh, I have a question for you. Is there any fashion watch that you would maybe like to wear or or that you appreciate?
0: You know, I gotta be honest, I I kind of, I, I wouldn't wear it, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do uh, have some respect for the Gucci fashion watches.
1: Exactly, that's where I was going to say. Because yeah. Gucci Gucci fashion watches or Gucci timepieces, they're actually their own separate company, but under the uh, umbrella of Kering and Gucci, they're all made in Switzerland in yeah. uh, in a, in Neuchatel. Um, and what's interesting, the one that really, one of the watches that really ticked my boxes was back in the day. They had that digital Gucci watch, yeah. the round one. Yeah. I thought that was a, such a novel and sure. and unique use because there, you're right, you're having a digital watch that's you know, quite affordable and accessible, but you're, I guess, elevating the materials. Yeah. Kind of like what they would do with the, uh, a, a Casio, or, sorry, a Timex uh, Mr. G, uh, like yeah. in, like the G-Shock Mr.
0: G's. So, have you ever, have you watched the House of Gucci movie?
1: I didn't, honestly, I, ha- I haven't. I, I worked at Gucci for the longest time. There was always a speculation about this show, about this movie, but... You know, my attention span for movies isn't, isn't where it should be. <laughs> you know?
0: I, I recently listened to a podcast about the entire history of Gucci and mm-hmm. how it came up and all that stuff. And one of the best decisions that they made, um, and again, I, I can't remember which, um, which CEO mm-hmm. it was at the time that made this decision, was to stop all licensing, mm-hmm. to just limit all licensing and mm-hmm. they were you know, abusing the name mm-hmm. um, and to bring it all in-house, limited the production to only what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I believe that this significantly helped the brand, obviously, in general, but with the watches as well. The watches that were being produced, you know, in the 80s and, you know, maybe 90s, Could have been anything. Anybody, you know, anybody with a Chinese factory can produce a Gucci watch. Whereas today, like you said, they're a lot uh, higher caliber, you know, watches.
1: Of of course, yes. Like, um, so when I was back at, uh, about the funny thing about the licensing is that they, you know, they used to license the cars. I think they still, they did it up until recently with Fiat, but there's the coolest Cadillac DeVille, Gucci with the uh, Gucci pattern on the uh, Landale, uh, type, uh style uh, roof. That's super cool. But when I was just back in Switzerland, there was uh, I just passed by you know my old stomping ground, uh, the Gucci store where I used to work for for several years, and they released a new a new watch, and it's kind of like an ultra thin Royal Oak. Homage, but it's an in-house quartz movement. It's one mm-hmm. of their first in-house movements. They used to buy off the off the rack prior to that, and it's it's a nice watch. I just wish there was a little bit less of like the GGS. It would it would be nice if it was a little bit uh, simple. Uh, but uh, one of the uh, one it looks a lot like the Royal Oak, right? But one of the one of the uh, sales uh, associates that I know, he called it the royal joke. The royal <laughs> the, joke. He called it the royal joke. Yeah. Wow, that's because actually he, really it, very good. Yeah, yeah exactly. I we like took, it. It took me by surprise. You know? Very witty.
0: So, I mean, again, I'm sure you know this. I was actually surprised to to hear that Gucci is the number one selling you know brand, mm-hmm. more than Louis Vuitton, more than Chanel, more than like you know all these other high fashion you know brands. Um, I remember a time when Gucci like dipped for a while, and you know, I remember I sold you know all of my Gucci shoes. I was like, ah, oh, nobody, never gonna need these again. And now I'm like, you know, I'm a big fan of Gucci now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, honestly, it fashion. The fashion is cyclical, but Gucci. What's astounding is it's managed to remain relevant um, since I guess their new fashion designer Alessandro Michele mm-hmm. came, where you know they did really. Outlandish statement pieces like the slippers with fur, and everybody yeah. needed to have that. Now, Alessandro sadly had to step down because, you know, it was a lot more of the same. And I'm really interested to see what they come with in the future, who, yeah. who they assign and uh, where they're going to take it.
0: Let's move on to our next topic. Next topic is Chrono 24 cuts jobs as pre owned watch prices fall. Now, just so people understand, like, these news, like these headlines that news agencies use, are very misleading. So the, the title that I've seen most often is Chrono24 cuts 13% of its workforce, where you're like, wow, 13% of its workforce, that, that sounds like, uh, you know, could be significant. Just to explain, that's 65 people, um, whereas they actually hired 100 people just a few months ago. So I feel like this is more of a filtering situation than it is of like, market is struggling, let's lay off some people. Correct. Uh, I could be wrong, you know.
1: No, correct. It, like, I think since it is a, a tech company per se, you know, it it kind of follows the trend of uh, you know where there are these huge hiring sprees during uh, during COVID to really you know grow and also to to deal with the increased traffic of having so many people at home and. Uh, you know, you find Google, you find Alphabet, Facebook, Meta. Everyone is is aspiring off a lot of those people Correct. because you know things have kind of, wouldn't say, uh, the dust has settled, but uh, a lot of these positions were were were, were, were redundant, right? So, um, what I, what I think is funny though is, is that you had these trends on TikTok, right, where it would be like a day in the life of a so um, of a product manager at Alphabet, and like they show up to the office, they'd go have a chi- like a, a pokeball or a chia ball, and they'd go to the rooftop and. <laughs> and, like, that's basically like, yeah. basically, like, putting the nails in your own coffin. 100%. Right?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, so after, like, actually doing some research, I realized mm-hmm. that one of the biggest cuts that they're making mm-hmm. is in these, I, I don't know if I want to use the word made up, mm-hmm. but newer positions like chief people officer. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the job of a chief people officer? It's ultimately to make sure that everybody that works in the company is happy.
1: Isn't that HR? Like, yeah,
0: Isn't that just like, hey, I pay you. Right? I hope you're happy with the money that I pay you.
1: Right? I mean, that was, when was that not enough? Like, I don't, we don't need, I mean, we're lucky to have a ping pong table, but I'd, Cor- I'd come to work just as happy if we didn't have a ping pong so,
0: table. So, <laughs> Chrono24 doesn't actually sell watches. They're just a digital marketplace, which means that the rise or fall of watch prices doesn't have much to do with them. Sure, they make a small percentage on transactions that happen through their marketplace, but they are a technology company, like you said and their workforce is made of technical people. So like you mentioned, if they overhired and now they're you know, downsizing, it's all only because they were swimming you know, in, in transaction fees when the market was booming. And now that it's not, you know, it's not, again, a lot of people say it's dying, it's dead, it's you know, phased down in the pool. It's still way better than it was in twenty nineteen pre pandemic.
1: Of, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah like it, you know, you have the plateau. You can't have this exponential growth that continues until affinity. You know, eventually things cool, cool down and then they go up. I mean, that's just the way it, that's just the way it works. Yeah. But um, yeah, Chrono Twenty Four is it's it's an interesting resource to see what's out there. But you know, it's quite frustrating today. Even you know, I called three guys on Chrono Twenty Four. Oh, sorry, we don't have the watch. So it's not an actual yeah. representation of, of the market. And I think them firing. X amount of people is in an actual representation of the environment, too. They're very much uh, in their own <laughs> own sphere.
0: Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, so it, it goes into the decline in secondhand prices for the top brands has been linked to rising inflation, slowing economic growth in the US and Europe, and the crash in cryptocurrencies. Sure, that I can agree with. But the one... I don't remember where I saw this, read this, somebody said it to me. You know, a tree only grows so high. Now, there's a reason. You know, a tree, if you think about it, trees can continuously grow forever, but they don't. It's the same thing with markets. You know, the watch market has been booming for the last you know, two, let's say almost three years. Um, And it can only reach a certain level. It can't sustain the continuous growth. So it's coming back to to normal. It's coming back to, to where it really should be. And I can't say that this crazy growth that we've had is overall beneficial. Sure, yes, we were busy, we were doing a lot more transactions, but for the general sake of the watch market itself, you know, I don't think it was healthy. How, you know, what do you, what do you feel about
1: this? Oh, no, of, of course, because it, it now that now that there was a slight downturn and things are, are 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 plateauing, you know, I wouldn't say buyer confidence is gone, but people are still you know they're unsure of where where the market's going to go, and that kind of breeds uncertainty for the buyers. People who are either waiting for for you know prices to go down, and then you know missing out on an actual deal, or even so, just people who don't want to take the gamble and risk, you know, because they're not feeling that they're getting something that's uh, worth value, right? But. Um, it's always the right time to buy especially when
0: <laughs> I agree especially when you're buying it for yourself
1: for sure exactly I
0: mean, not not trying to push anybody to actually buy mm-hmm. I mean but I think I feel like if you're buying something for yourself to wait and hope that you mm-hmm. might get another 2%, 3%, 5%, 10% off like why mm-hmm. if you want it for yourself you're not buying it for an investment sure a lot of people were buying it to flip and, and as an investment but ultimately you know watches are a passion asset Um, And if you're, if you want it, then go out and get it. Exactly. exactly. But I think that today's pricing is a lot more reasonable as it should have been. It should never have climbed to the the levels that it was at. So today's, uh, you know, more reasonable pricing allows people to actually get the watches that they've been wanting for the last three years. Um, So the company eliminated 65 jobs as as it shifted the focus of its operations in the US to Miami from New York and to Japan from Hong Kong. You just took the two most expensive places in the world and said, oh crap, we're spending way too much money here. Let's move out somewhere where it's more affordable. New York, extremely expensive. You know, To actually have offices and hire people and, and have people that live in New York as your employees is just unreasonable. Same thing with Hong Kong. Hong Kong I think is the most expensive place in the world yeah, it to is. live.
1: It is, yeah. I mean, you know, you have, in Hong Kong you have these really tiny micro-apartments. I can't imagine what you know, leasing office space would be out there. Correct. But uh, yeah, especially it's a type of job that can be done remotely. You're essentially, <laughs> You're, your, your customer support for people buying things. You know, the engineer doesn't have to be.
0: Tell me about your experience being interviewed by Chrono24. So
1: Chrono24 actually, after I left Gucci and during COVID, uh, Mm -hmm. I wanted really to focus all my attention to the gray market. So I actually applied for a, what is it called, private client advisor position. So it's essentially, you'd you'd essentially, you know, when you go on Chrono24, you have that little guy that pops up. That would be the person that I would have been. (laughs) Uh, So you essentially guide your clients and try to, you know, Source pieces and, and and ensure that the purchasing process is, goes through smoothly. I actually went through a ton of interviews for their Miami office, I believe, but they were using a, a co a co-working space, and ultimately it didn't work out. But uh, I'm so glad it didn't. Yeah, yeah, you, you, know. <laughs> you ended up in the right place. Exactly, exactly. So I actually I went to Chrono 24 to get closer to you know the the guys on the gray market like like you guys, right? And. When that didn't work out, they gave me an opportunity to come with you. So it's kind of poetic, right? <laughs> I love it. It's meant to be. <laughs> exactly.
0: Our next topic is Brad Pitt paired one of Vacheron Constantine's coolest watches with a sweater and jeans. He recently posted a picture on Instagram that shows him wearing a, or I guess the striking horological, or one of the more striking horological releases of last year, the Vacheron Constantine Constantin Historique 222. Um, We recently actually had one in stock, and I think right before this episode, it was sold.
1: Sold in the day. You know, everybody was really, really interested in this watch. I had a collector in Miami who was interested in it. Anna uh, sold it to somebody as well. Uh, we're able to get other ones, if ever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, super interesting watch. Beautiful, you know. It's, it's, uh, so it was released for the 222nd anniversary of a Vacheron Constantine. Uh, the original 222 came out in three colors, So uh, colorway. So it was in a stainless, yellow-gold, and then a two-tone variation, right. uh, released in 1977. But it's, it's a funny piece. The 222 is an interesting piece because, you know, you have all the Alconaut, and then you have the Nautilus, the two sports watches sure. that were penned by Genta, Right. And this is kind of an outlier right Uh, it's 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 different it's a different uh, in its aesthetic uh, the bracelet isn't the same and I think this watch is going to do a lot of great things uh, in the future because it's essentially limited so
0: tell me what's different about it if you were if you close your eyes and Mm -hmm. you pictured it explain to you a lot of people are listening Mm -hmm. to this rather than Mm -hmm. watching it Mm -hmm. how does this watch differ from an overseas for example or from you know a, a a Attack or
1: yeah, so so the two 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 right. I think a lot of the styling cues are a lot more uh, pronounced. So on the bezel, right, you'll have influences from the Maltese Falcon, right, which is it's not the Maltese Falcon, the Maltese cross. Maltese Falcon is a yup. Yeah. but Maltese uh, cross, right, where you know it kind of gives this brutalist aesthetic, right? the uh, the, the, the the strap or the bracelet is uh, a lot more subdued, right? So you have the su- center links uh, in the 222 historique, which are brushed and not polished, uh, mm-hmm. as you would have on other watches. It's a thinner watch, right? And the bracelet, I think, is, is just much more comfortable. The fit and finish of this watch is just really, really high. It's uh, uh, you put you put this in a Nautilus hand, uh, side to side, and and the 222 knocks it out of the park. It's also a much more expensive watch, uh, plain Jane uh, 222 over uh, a uh, you know 5711 uh, stainless steel. They're not really quite there, but uh, market yeah. price is different. But <laughs>
0: how much do you think you know the recent inquiries for it are attributable to Brad Pitt?
1: Actually, that's that's funny, yeah, because that picture went everywhere of him, yeah. uh, and and it's funny. the funny thing about Brad Pitt is whenever you see a picture of him, he looks so different, right? You never know if it's him or not, yeah. you know. Um, I wonder if this is
0: like one of his stuntmen.
1: Yeah, right. It could have been his body double or clone <laughs> yeah. or something.
0: So it's funny because the article goes into the fact that as stylish as the two 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 is, some enthusiasts say. Um, that it's weird to see a Breitling ambassador wearing a watch from another brand and being so public about it. Um, Ian, if you could throw up the, the picture, you know, Brad Pitt is typically a Breitling ambassador. Now, on his own personal time, I'm sure he has a pretty significant watch collection.
1: For sure, rightfully so. I mean, you know, a lot of these brand deals, you know, they're great because they're, they make them relatable to, 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 you know, their fans and their core demographic. You know, not everybody can buy a 222, but Brightlings are of course relatively affordable so every man can have a Brightling, and I think Brad Pitt is kind of an everyman, right yeah. he's a, he's an attractive talented every man so he's a
0: man that every man wishes he could exactly. be like exactly <laughs>
1: but every man can, can can seem to be a bit a but um, you know, I, I don't think they have like exclusive contracts with them. Uh, you'll see like uh, David Beckham, who's a Tudor ambassador, mm-hmm. like he'll wear a Patek Philippe uh, every once in a while. I just don't think it, you know it would it would jive if there were you know similar brands. If he's wearing a, a a Breitling and then goes wears like a Tag or something, I think that's where the conflict of interest would be. Something we, in the same you know price range.
0: We talked to somebody, yeah. um, a, a very famous, very wealthy. Um, athlete that told us about his significant watch collection and he said unfortunately I can't wear any of these out in public because of my partnership with one particular brand um so it was funny because we we're interior like inside we we're talking like what's the point like where do you wear them just around your house like you know if you can't, like imagine going to a friend's house and somebody snaps a, a picture of you and posts it on instagram that could ruin your entire relationship with that brand um so really he just has a great selection of watches that he can't wear anywhere
1: I guess, you know, you can collect without wearing them. I mean, a lot of people collect... It's like collecting
0: cars and not driving them. Well, yeah,
1: that as well. But, I mean, it's not a perpetual contract for the rest of your life. This way you build your collection, and when the contract eventually stops, then, you know, you have uh, watches to back lean up on. <laughs>
0: that is true. David, tell our viewers and listeners where they can find you, where they can reach you, in case they have any questions.
1: Yeah, so uh, my name is SwissDave.lb, previously Deals by Dave. Find me on Instagram. You can find me uh, on my socials. I have a YouTube channel coming up. And uh, yeah, find me on Instagram. That's the best way to, to reach out to me.
0: Okay, sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning into this episode. If you like what we're doing here, make sure to let us know by commenting, liking, subscribing, writing a review for the podcast. We want to make sure that we're putting out an episode every single day. And in order to do that, we need to know that you're into this sort of content, and we'll continue doing this. Thank you very much again. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great rest of your week.